Hey guys, thank you for checking out Bucked Up. Just before we start, I would love if you'd hit the subscribe button, like, share the video. We have new episodes coming out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And starting in the new year, check out Wrapped Up exclusively on Vivo. This episode is sponsored by Exotic Roots Hydro, which I have to give a huge shout out to. They are a huge supporter of the podcast, and I'm really happy to be working with them. If you're ever in Rochester, New York, and you need to learn about any of your hydroponic needs, go to their shop. You can follow them at Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. Shout out their whole team. They have an amazing venue space. Uh, they're going to be putting on tons of events. Just make sure to follow Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. And if you're ever in Rochester, definitely stop by. Let's get back into it. It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Now he fucked 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 up. Now you have fucked up. Man, ever since I met you, I've been listening to... Uh, all your music, but I've made Jay listen to fucking Flower City Street Bible Chapter Two, yeah. like a hundred times. Like that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's one that of my favorite right albums. Like Definitely. that's the album I keep listening to right now. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Also, <laughs> shout out Ito on that for killing shout the production for that. Absolutely. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're in Exotic Roots. I gotta shout out Mark Ito. Thank you for doing this, man. This it's an honor to sit down and talk. Absolutely, man. This the, this the family, man. You know, exotic roots. You know, trust gang. You know, don't get shot, gang. You know, with this is us. You know? uh, how did you meet Mark? Um, that was a nice little story. Well, that was through Etho. I met a lot of people through Etho. Yes, yes. You know, and um, he's a little conduit. Yeah, man. You know, he's a real humble dude, and yeah. you know, um, he always attracts good people. You know, and so that's how. Ended up getting with Mark through um through Lil Ito, you know I've been my brother for a long time. Yeah, making music with him, and then Mark, yes. when he was explaining to me, like after talking, you're like everything you know you've done, and yeah, it's crazy. So that's why it really is an honor, and I'm I wanted to hear your story from you, like personally, because I mean, getting mm -hmm. yourself out of prison is like right, and, you know, like. Yeah, that's salute like on that. Salute, salute on that yeah. for real. Like, mm -hmm, that's something different. You know that that started because before I went to prison, you know, um, well, first I'm gonna start with you know I was wrong wrongfully convicted, yeah. you know, for um, a crime that I didn't commit. At what age? Uh, I at that age, I think I had to be got convicted around like 27 years old. Okay, and um, I was convicted of. Um, first degree murder and uh, I ended up getting a, a life bid for that and ended up serving like uh, 10 years in prison behind that <sighs> 10 Before, years yeah mm -hmm. but I still you know kept the music the music alive but when I got home I just jumped straight back into the music but those 10 years I was locked up you know the music always was the root I just didn't have a big platform because you know obviously i was in prison yeah but you, you went know? in thinking that you were going to be there the rest of your life actually i never thought i was would have uh got convicted i never thought that i was going to be convicted so when it did happen it was like a different type of shock because you know mind you you know i didn't commit the homicide so yeah. it was like 
that was a little different for me. Yeah. You know, to realize like, oh, wow, you really uh, got a life bid for something you didn't do. That was, you know, it took for me to be a real strong person to even be able to stomach something like that. No, like, when you they know. first arrested for you, you just had no idea what was happening or were you expecting it? Oh, no, I was kind of familiar because, you know, the streets talk, you know, you always yeah. hear things before it actually happened. But I didn't really think it was going to happen, but I yeah. wasn't surprised when it did. Yeah. Yeah. And then it happened 10 years. You go in and you didn't you didn't think you were going to get convicted. So when that happened, did you think? Shit, I'm gonna. At that point, were you like, I'm gonna get myself out of this, or were you like, it's over? Well, at that point, you know, I, I'm not. I don't give up on anything. So once they said a life bid, it really went over my head because it's like, you know, uh, they can't be talking about me. I'm not owning it. I'm not owning up to being uh, in prison for the rest of my life. Yeah. So immediately, you know, I started. Um, now, is this at the fault of like your lawyers, or is this at? This was the fault of my lawyers and uh, the prosecutors. It was a lot of different loopholes, and, you know, they convicted me off of circumstantial evidence, uh, paid confidential informants, stuff like that, that I wasn't awarded this when I was going to trial, and I didn't know these things. So it was information that was withheld from me, and I wasn't able to present this, and that would have proved my innocence right there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. When you realize it's a, like a game instead of like what's really... Uh, I realized once, you know, because sometimes your reputation can, can supersede the truth. So, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, I, I wasn't a saint or anything like that. You no. Know? But so it, it things changed so fast for me. that I was like, whoa, is this this really happening right yeah. now? So that's what made me look at, you know, even life a little different because you can get stereotyped. And I felt like my by me going to get a life bid, I, was, I got stereotyped. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. In a sense, because, you know, I'm out pumping. um different things and I'm running with uh I'm running with a wild crew and you know these guys was responsible for things and then you know it had me as the forefront of it and that really wasn't my story. And you were making music at this time yeah, too. Yeah, I was making music also then. Yeah. And we were talking about this yesterday with uh shout out struggle Mike but we were talking about how like it's fucked like we we were talking he knows people that they use their music against them like they use like their music in court and shit and that's yeah. like mm -hmm. i don't know that's like i wasn't sure if you were saying that's like the stereotype thing like with your music yeah that, too, yeah, that was like, a part of it because you know um i've been had uh my label been uh dgs don't get shot that been my label even before i went to prison and um always been trust gang also you know yeah and, you know, 38 special, you shout know, that's, special. that's, shout out to special, that's my family. Happy birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, sure. you know, happy birthday, special, yeah. And then, you know, Etho, anything Etho had something to do with, I was always a part of anything that, you know, that's my brother too, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, pretty much. So you get convicted, how long into your sentence do you start trying to get yourself out? Well, Immediately after um, after our blue trial, immediately I was uh, 
going to take different legal courses and stuff like that so I could have a more clear understanding about the law. So you you took it upon yourself. You're like, I'm going to learn the law. Yes. Because you realized you had been fucked over at that point? Yes. Once I knew that I was railroaded and I was stereotyped and all that, I said, oh, okay, now I know what to do. Let me go and learn learn the law. So once I learn the law, can't nobody tell me, oh, no, that's you don't know what you're talking about. Well, this is what the law said. This is the law that y'all presented. This is the law that y'all made. So I had to fight fire with fire. So are you taking courses while you're locked up? Yeah, I was taking paralegal courses, and I'm certified in, in all of those fields. I'm certified in mental health. I'm not just your average rap retarded dudes. I got I got all kind of certificates, and all of this stuff come from prison. And none of my none of my certificates says anything about prison. It's we had um, guys coming from the outside, so I have Syracuse University stuff. You know, Auburn University, all my stuff. Lays out like that. Yeah. So immediately after you get locked up, you start taking these courses or is there? Well, you know, it's a process through the prison system. So I had to wait till I can get around a good law library. So I, I wait till I go upstate. Once I went upstate. How long did that take? Um, After I got sentenced, they shipped me out within the next couple weeks, two to three weeks. I was already in, um, Wendy's Correctional Facility, I stayed there for maybe about a week, left there, went to Elmira, uh, and I stayed at Elmira for maybe five five years, and then started just moving all around the state after that. Yeah, so those first couple of weeks when you're moving around, what was going through your head? Uh, Did you know that you were like, once I settle, I'm going to start learning? Well, you know... Nothing is really set in stone until you really get there. So I just had to fill out the environment. And um, immediately, once I figured out that, I said, well, let me get a job in the law library. So once I got the job in the law library, that's when, you know, everything started coming to coming yeah. to play. Then we were talking about this before the like little the tank mentality of just nonstop. And mm. you had that you're like. This isn't over. I'm just going to keep pushing. Oh, yeah. I don't, you know. You think you were born with that? Like, do you think, or do you think people who don't have that can find that? Well, some people just don't have it. Like, I'm a, I'm the type of person that can't nobody tell me um, what I, I can't do. Like, I, you know, I don't believe in the word can't. Yeah. You know, my thing is we can do anything that we want to do. And, you know. And I just ran, pretty much ran with that. So I, I'm always the type of person that I know that I can do whatever I, I set out to do. Yeah, but what you did is not something that many people right. could. Did you know anyone that had, have you met anyone since that has done that? I, I know some people, but my story is ended up being a little different from them guys, too. Because the difference between... Uh, my crime and theirs, I actually didn't do mine. So it's different when you have done a crime and you got a life bid and then you end up finding a loophole and then now you come home and you get out. It's different. Mine's was I didn't I actually 
didn't do it. So I never, ever should have been in this predicament to have to figure out anything to get out because I never should have been in there in the first place. But that's place. 10 years. 10 years of my life they took away from that, you know. Yeah. But um, I'm not salty about anything, you know what I mean? Everything, in my opinion, happens for a reason. That's just like me and you sitting here having this interview this is everything happens for a reason 100 percent. you know what i mean so it, it don't really it don't bother me i just push stuff is to the side and just keep on moving you know and you had that mentality throughout all that yeah the whole time is like you know i know that i have to get out here i have you know children family loved ones out here and still have a a, a music career and you know stuff like that yeah but, you know, I'm into acting, a whole lot of things, you know, but I can't do none of this stuff in prison. So I had to get out. So you get a job at the, job at the law library. Yes. And then what what next mm. from there? You just start reading? You start, I just start reading up. Because they have those programs mm. for people, but you're the, you're the one yeah. you got through, you know? Yeah. Like. So I had to uh, research a lot of different cases that were similar to mine because I, I was dealing with a lot of uh, prosecution misconduct because they wanted me off the streets so bad. So by getting me off the streets, they had to uh, come with a, a lot of lies and stuff that wasn't true just to get a conviction. And those lies, those same lies that they did was the same thing that led to my release. Do you hold that? You knew they were lying, mm -hmm. and that's what I was saying about the game. Like, do you hold that against them, or like? I absolutely, I, yeah, I, I definitely hold that against them, but I still move forward because I don't. I'm not gonna have things uh, stopping me from being successful or doing what yeah. I need to do. So yeah. So you start learning all the cases, right? And then you start taking. The courses and when how long until you realize that you might be able to get yourself um well it, immediately when i got convicted i knew that i'm getting out like it was it wasn't no shadow of a doubt it was all about when i you know i knew i was gonna get out one day but i didn't know when I always kept the faith of i'm not doing the rest of my life in prison i'm getting out one day and i just start taking the, the, the proper measures to, to lead that because nobody's going to fight for you like you're going to fight for yourself. Yeah. You know? Was that ever tested? Like, did, that's 10 years. Like, did you think it was going to be 10 years? Did you think it was going to be... Uh, I, I didn't think I was going to do one day. I never even thought that I would even be picked up for this. You know, it was... Um, I had guys... Uh, Lying on me, I would have to say lying on me because there's a difference. You wasn't telling on me, you was lying on me. Because if you did the crime, that means you're you're telling on me. Now, yeah. I didn't do the crime, that means you lied on me. So it was a lot of people that lied on me. And these same people, some of these people see me and, you know, and beg for me to forgive them. And I have forgave them because, you know, a lot of people didn't know really what was going on. That's why it's always good. To mind your fucking business. Yeah. When you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. For the forgiveness is tough. Did that come with time? Like, how did you teach yourself to... Well, you know, um, I'm a God-fearing man. 
So, you know, you have to forgive in order for you to move forward. So that was something that uh, I always had with me, you know, like, okay, I have to forgive these people because I know that I need to move forward. Yeah. So that that's really where the forgiveness came from. Yeah. Is that something that you were born with? Yeah, I was born with that. My grandmother, she instilled that in me, you know, uh, her name is a uh, shout out to Big Mama Rose. You know, that's where I get that from. She was a good church going lady. Yeah. Now, are you, do you follow, like, organized religion? Are you? Yeah, I'm, like, Protestant Christian. I believe, you know, um, Jesus died for our sins and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I believe in that, yeah. And I, and that, and um, I, I don't knock any other religions. I just, that right there is what works for me. I'm with any religion that's not, uh, that's not racist or or teaching hate like yeah. i don't any if you teach hate or racism i don't care what organization you involve you could be black or white i don't want no parts of it because yeah. those those time and ages is, is is over anybody that's playing the, the the race card you 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 out of line right now this is uh 2022 was coming and if yeah. you're still doing that you and you living in the bubble and it's uh, your ideology is given you a good path and a good mentality so of course like it has worked for you so that is like right it was what's and worked for you i don't get why people are hateful towards things yeah. that work for certain people like yeah yeah it's like a fear of their own path right because there's some things it's some things in the bible that i don't agree with yeah you know what i mean mm -hmm. but it that still doesn't stop me because you have to take what's good on in any book that you read and apply it to to your life if it helps you yeah yeah so okay you start learning about cases you know you're gonna get out how many years in do you start the, do you get your certification to even get the process to get yourself out like well how how does that happen how many years in like was it 10 years in you found something and you're like oh shit i can finally get out now or well see once you get into the pr prison system everything starts with a process so i already had all the tools but then you have to you have to get granted to be able to to prove yourself like this is a whole process like a process like a guy you would go in and say you want to put a direct appeal in like this stuff takes a couple years before you can even put that stuff in so once you get convicted uh definitely look you're going to be sitting down for a couple years before you can even get your first thing situated. Do they do that on purpose or is it just so backed up? It's just the process of the system because, and then you don't really, uh, but there are problems in the system. Like yeah, to it, take it, years, like right when it shouldn't, you know, yeah. this stuff should be like, you know, one, two, three, but this is how they set it up because now you're, um, job security. I must say, so if you have a body, you know, it costs a lot of money to house me and you inside of a prison system. And, you know, there there's people, family, friends that have that work in these places that has to still get a check. So yeah. they will be getting a check off of me and you. So if they let everybody out of prison, you know, here we go. And the money's not going to circulate. Yeah, it's the privatized prison. They're making the money off of literally people's lives. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that's what I mean. They they uh make these processes last so long that yeah. they can drain as much 
milk from the cow as they can. Absolutely, absolutely. And they're yeah. play, so they're playing with you know people's lives, especially someone like you that you're wrongly mm-hmm. convicted. Right. Ten years of your life, but you do get yourself out. But you have to learn. I mean, you had to put in a lot of work. I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. I had to put in a lot of work. You know. Um, what made you put in? It was mm. your wrongful conviction, but right. there's probably other people like you. Just knew that you were going to do anything to get yourself out. Right. That's that was my thing. I said, you know, um, I had opportunities to do a whole bunch of other stuff, but I'm not that kind of person. You know, this is why I'm I'm back out here and I have my dignity, you know, um I didn't uh roll over on anybody. I didn't do, you know, stuff the typical stuff with these guys do. This is a new era, you know, we got yeah. a whole uh city and country full of rats and you know that just wasn't my thing and um I said hey I you know I don't got no problem I sit it out and I made it was sacrifices that went with me um doing that because you know uh, my my children and my family they want they they got a lot of hurt behind it you know so but did they not understand now you like know when you're dealing with women yeah. and children you know only they whole thing is we don't care you do what you need to do to get out you know this is women and kids but yeah. in the world that I'm from it, it, it don't work that way no you have to stick by the code you you stick by the code by any means do they understand now um yeah they they have a clear understanding but you know they still like hey we could have had you out you know 10 years ago we ain't even have to go through this but I said, hey, you know, this is how uh, the crook- the cookie crumble, and this is how the game go. If if you're not going to play the game, get out. Yeah. That's it, you know. So what happened at 10 years? What got you out? So um, I ended up getting um, through the, okay, through the prosecution misconduct, um, they withheld information when I went to trial, and I had, you know, um, paid confidential informants that I didn't know this information. If I didn't knew this information, I would have been able to cross-examine these people on those things. And, and I, I, they didn't, they, they withheld this evidence. So by them, by them withholding it, this is what led to my uh, demise and my conviction. If I'd have had this stuff to be able to cross-examine them, I never would have been convicted. Do you think it was just like? Did you have a public defendant? No, I had a paid lawyer. You had a paid what lawyer. What kept him from ignorance? Just well, you know. Uh, shout out to Larry Kasparic too, by the way, because he he did a he did an excellent job. The problem was, you know, the prosecutor, you know, the DA and stuff. They they had their own thing that they was gonna do, and they said, no matter, we don't, we're not going by the law. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So people that's out there that's fighting cases, I want to let you know that the the system is very corrupt and the system will just whatever you allow is going to happen. And then I'm telling people to take your time. Don't don't just rush because they will railroad you straight through the system. And then you once you get there, you got to fight your way out when you could do this from the beginning. Hey, guys. This episode is sponsored by the podcast Woody Two Shoes, hosted by comedian Thatcher Wood. Other than being a really good friend, Thatcher is one of the funniest comedians and podcasters I know. 
A Woody Two Shoes is available on all podcast platforms. It's a comedic podcast where he interviews a different interesting person each week, and they get into a bunch of different topics. Uh, You should subscribe to his YouTube channel, too. At 100 subscribers, he's given away merch. At 500 subscribers, he's given away a PS5. That's right. Yeah, a PS5. So make sure you go subscribe to Woody Two Shoes on YouTube and uh, follow Thatcher on Instagram at Wood Two Shoes. Two is in the number Wood Two Shoes on Instagram. Let's get back into it. Well, how did you find the info? How did you find that they were withholding information? Um, well, I had a guy on my case and um, he was he had ended up getting a cooperation deal um, with the DA. And I went and I found, once I um, started doing my legal work, I went and pulled his whole rap sheet up and everything that the government had on him. And this is when I discovered that, oh, okay, this is where all of this information is. So I went, everybody that that lied on me, I went and got all the information. And this is how I discovered that, all the lies was in the mix and th- and that's what helped me so after you find that out how long until you actually get released after that because they denied my uh i put in a 440 motion what's that a 440 motion is newly discovered a 440.10 motion is newly discovered evidence and the newly discovered evidence i found was a female was a paid confidential informant. So I put it in the 440, but then they they denied that. And then they denied... Why did they deny that? Uh, why, actually, they denied that. Um, I think they tried to say that I uh, uh, cited a case wrong. It, it, it was bullshit. It, you know, yeah. it was just rubber stamped it and just let him basically let... The higher court deal with it. We don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Because, you know. But that prolongs. Of course. That'd take another two years. Stuff like that. Make three that years. Money off of you. Because it's job security. Once again, let me sit there in the prison and everybody keep on eating off of me. So, you know, that was, yeah, that was the reason for that. Mm-hmm. So that gets denied. And then what? So that's another two years. Yeah. So once that got denied, I ended up, um, well, let me go back because I put I ended up consolidating my my 440.10 motion with my direct appeal. So the stuff that they denied on my direct appeal, I mean on my 440, I put it into my direct appeal and the, and said I want y'all to hear all of this in the higher courts. And once it went there, the higher courts awarded me uh, a hearing for me to come and explain what I'm talking about in this. And they agreed with me. This is why they gave me the hearing. This is the older course. This is the uh, shout out to the fourth department. That's the fourth department out here. And they, they understood that I was railroaded and then they brought me back down to do it all over again. And were you representing yourself? No, I, um, my lawyer, uh, Lawrence L. Kasparic and um we worked we worked together. You know, he was he was my mouthpiece. I would go and find, you know, discovery and I would hand it over to him and tell him this is how I want you to 
go about it. And, you know, if, because I fired, I before I ended up firing two lawyers because they didn't do what I wanted them to do. So I said, well, I would rather uh, get this guy. If that don't work, I'll just go ahead and, and I'll do it myself. Because at this point, I turned myself into a legal beast. So yeah. it's like, I don't even need a lawyer. I don't need anybody. I know exactly what I'm talking about. And and if they're going to go by the law, they have to respect the law. Do you think that's the only way you can do it is holding the knowledge in your own, like learning the knowledge yourself? Yeah, you have to, because once again, nobody's going to um, represent you. How are you going to represent yourself? Nobody's going to push hard like you're going to push for yourself. So I would definitely advise guys, if you're sitting around, don't just wait on a lawyer to do everything for you because he's, he have a heavy caseload and you're not the only person, but guess what? You're the only person that can work on your own case. Yeah. See, cause you know, yeah. So you said the fourth district court. Yeah. The fourth department, so what, the fourth department, when they see your case, mm. Do you realize that this is finally it, or are you still like, nah, you know, a little jaded from everything else? Well, actually, once once I got watered the hearing, I said, okay, cool, this is what I need. I needed to go back down to the county, and I needed to figure out, okay, I'm here, so now I can give my version of the law, not my version of the story. Yeah, see, my version of the law because. People really don't care if what the story. Nobody cares about the story, especially when you're dealing with the higher courts. All they care about is the law. They don't care if you did it or not. They want to know if were you convicted the right way. If he wasn't convicted the right way, okay, well, we want you to get a fair shake. So that can get them in trouble. There you go. That fucks up their job security. Fuck it right up. Right. Mm-hmm. So you come to them with that. Mm-hmm. And how long after that do you get out? Um, I get out 18 months after that. God damn. Mm-hmm. 18 months Was after that. Was that a long fucking 18 months? Uh, not really because, you know, I was a kind of a different person in the prison system. Um, by the time... I was plastered all over the news and different stuff like this. Uh, it, it was guys that I was living with for years in the prison. And they didn't, once they seen me on the news, they just didn't understand. Like, uh, dude, you, you sitting up in here with a life bid? But we didn't even know you were sitting in here with a life bid. I said, because I didn't have you a life You were on bid. the news because you got a reversal. In the beginning, I was on the news for um, when I got convicted and everything yeah. like that. So, but you know, when you go to different jails, you know, people don't really know your story. So, you know, I'm a real humble dude. So I, I, I go around and I take care of my business because I'm trying to figure out a way to get out of prison. Yeah. You know, so that was really the, the outcome of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 18 months. You're mm-hmm. just sitting there. Why? Why so long? It's just uh, they're trying to get find any way to keep you in there. Uh, well, after the eighteen months, so what I ended up doing, I didn't, I didn't go back to trial. So what I I did, I ended up taking a cop out. And the reason why I took the cop out is because some of the people that um, convicted me, as far as the prosecution. 
I know they did a lot of crooked things in the beginning and I didn't want to play Russian roulette with my life. So when they came and said, Hey, uh, well, we'll give you, um, 10 years, um, five years post release. So I thought about that. I'm like, Hmm, if I do this in another 18 months, I go home. So, and you know, and that was a no brainer because I had my kids out here and I wanted to be there for them. So I'm like, okay, I put them through enough. So I said, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to take the cop out. So, because they care about the law, not the story. There you go. They care about the law, not the story. So I said, let me do this. And when I did that, 18 months, I was back on the streets. And then I just, uh, November 24th, I just now got off papers. So salute, congratulations. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm out here moving and grooving. You know what I mean? <laughs> they gotta look out for all of this new music, everything. We out here. You know what I mean? Damn. Definitely. We out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that just a complete like do you feel like you're back on your path or do you feel like your life just completely took a different trajectory than it ever would? Uh I'm back on my path. Only thing extra now I have a little bit more maturity and i think um always been a mature sharp sharp dude but going through all of these things in my life it made me a little sharper so to answer that question yeah i'm back on my same path because my music always been my passion you know that like before we start this interview i said you know you want to do a job that you you want to die doing a job that you enjoy doing I don't want to work a job that I don't enjoy doing. And I enjoy my music. I'm going to do music, whether I'm broke, rich. This is something that I I like the culture and the art. I'm always going to create. What was the first time after getting out that you went back to the studio? Um, I got released from prison. Uh, I went to the studio. What day were you released from prison? I was released from prison. Uh, I want to say like no, like November twenty fourth, like November twenty fourth, uh, two thousand sixteen, seventeen, something like wow. that. Yeah, something around there. I was released from prison and. I went to the studio the very next day. Yeah, soon as I soon as I got out, it wasn't nothing to talk about. I went straight um, to Little Ethos Mama basement. Soon as I got out, legendary studio. Yep, I went straight to Ethos Mama's basement. What'd you record? Was that ever released? me and him? We we recorded a whole album called The Resurrection. That day. Or we through the course of the time after. Yeah, that, I think yeah. we did a whole album. In like a week. Yeah, we did the resurrection I, I, every day because I had a curfew. I, they brought me home. I had on an ankle bracelet. So I would wake up in the morning, go to Ito Mama basement, leave there, go home, and then just do it all over again until we finished it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you got out finally, you said you couldn't believe it when you got convicted. Could you believe it when you got out? Or were you like, oh, thank God that's like... It really, it really didn't hit me uh, when I got out. And to go back, it really when they told me that I was convicted and stuff like that, it, that really didn't hit me. Like until later on, one day I was sitting in front of the TV 
and the news came on. I was just watching the movie, watching the TV, and I was like, hmm, I'm getting ready to go upstate. I got a life big. And then it hit me there, and I was like, hmm. Ended up, like, it just it was just something that came over me, and I was like, well, okay, let's play some cards, and uh, because I'm about to start my journey of coming back home. I know this stuff is about to take a couple of years, so I, I won't be out of jail tomorrow. Some people give up right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never had that give up spirit. spirit never. No, because... Like I said, I serve a higher God, and you know it does the true living God. So it that I never had my brain never said quit. I never I never gave up on anything that I did in my life. So I, I yeah I uh, when I was a kid and stuff, I never I always knew I was destined for something, and I never realized that until I realized. Mm-hmm. It was my form of God or whatever, my form of the universe. And that's how I knew I was never lost. So that's why I asked, are you born with it? Because I do feel like I was born with a faith right. and something. But mm. I also think you can find that. I feel like some people can't find it when they're lost. Right, right, right. I understand. I Yeah, that a lot of them traditions was instilled in me, you know, um, through my family. And then me, my own personal stuff, I, I can never give up like that that's just not in my thing i don't even the word i can't can't is not even in my vocabulary and people are my friends like if i get a partner and they be like well you know man i just don't think we can't it can't i don't even revolve myself around them kind of people that's why it's great you're with mark huh <laughs> that's why it's great you're with mark yes me and mark <laughs> we don't that word just don't exist when did it hit you that you were out uh, hmm. I think, um, I think, man, it might sound crazy, but I think once I was in the studio, man, like once I really, once I went to the studio and, uh, I started recording and I'm like, and you know, I noticed too, like, man, like you was rapping before, but now you, you better like you, like you really, your story and your, everything, your drive, like is very passionate and meaningful. Like it was, that's when I knew I'm back now. Were you writing while you were locked up? Yeah, I was, I was writing. Yeah, I was writing. Yep. Some, half of the stuff from the resurrection, um, I wrote in prison. Yeah. And then once I got with Lil Etho, we started uh, putting a couple other things together. And then, yeah. Rochester's different. Oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I didn't even realize, like, not for, I don't mean to be like, not, but I never really thought about Rochester like that until literally Mark hit me up on Instagram. I was like, stop by Rochester sometime. And the second I stepped foot in this place, it's different. Yeah, it's definitely different. You know, I, I call it Glockchester, you know, because there's always, you know, something going on, you know, (laughs) some shape, form or fashion There's always something different. But, you know, it's real people and it's fake people anywhere that you go. You know, Rochester is no different. You know, you got loyal, honorable people. Then you got the fake snakes. You know, that's anywhere that you go. That's why when you surround yourself with people who's on the same level as you, it make a lot of sense, and then y'all can y'all can go to great heights 
when you get with people that's on the, on the same level. Well, that's where you have to have some level of faith is like the energy that you feel when you meet someone. Like you, right, you right. pretty much know automatically oh, if yeah, you're oh, going to yeah. like that person. Absolutely. I'm a good judge of character. That's that's one of my best attributes right there. Like I can, <laughs> I'm a great, great judge of character. Like it's hard for people to, to pull bullshit on me and lie because me, uh, my mom always say like, yo, you know, you, uh, you a heart speaking person. Yeah. So it's like, you're going to know if I like you off the rip. You're going to know if you're, if you're a real person or not. All you got to do is come around me. And that's going to show you how real you are because <laughs> you ain't going to be able to bullshit me. Yeah. I, I don't go for that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I'll have to, yeah, say that like that. Yeah. Do you have, like, a new, fa- like, do you have like a new feeling? Like, do you feel like you're on another level? Like, yeah, I definitely. You were talking about you have a maturity that you had that you didn't have before. Like, yeah, I think I'm on a real, real high, high level, a grown man level because you could be a grown man, but your men- your mental could be somewhere else. And you know, like a lot of people go through that, but with mines, I feel like mines is just. I'm at that point where in my life where I I know what I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm I'm, I'm focused now and I is there's nothing like I'm not doing nothing to sidetrack from the mission. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is your what is your next? What are your plans? Like what do you want? Um well, I got a um I got a lot of music coming out. Um my next I got well my next two projects I have um I got a project coming out with 38 Special, and that, and that's called The Last Struggle. We already have two projects out right now. It's Concrete Struggle 1 and 2, and we finishing the last one up right now, and that's going to be The Last Struggle, and that's going to be the end of that series there. And then once I'm done with that, um, shout out to Beanie Siegel. Me and Beanie Siegel got an album. Oh shit, for real! Yeah, me and him got one coming out, and that's called the Black Mac. You know, that's just Damn. me, me and him on that. How did that come together? Um, shout out to my man, uh, my man Juma. This um, him and Juma was in the feds together, and um, when they came, when Juma, when they both came home, uh. They ended up all uh, writing some books together, and um, they had a relationship. And one day, uh, Juma was in the studio, and um, I like, mm, I got a lot of respect for Beanie Siegel too, man. Um, see if you can get him to come through. I would love that, and, and you know, and he yeah. did it. And when he, when he made him come through, and the rest was history. So now, you know, we waiting um, for the right time to uh, release the album. That's crazy. Yeah. You got the whole album. Together. The whole Do you album. Have a name? Uh, the Black Mac is called. The Black Mac. You said that. Yep, Any Alan. features on it? Uh, actually, yeah. I got a uh, little Ethos featured on there. Uh, Class Murder featured on there. And um, Class has been killing it. And uh, 38 Special. When you came back, did you realize what had happened with the music around you? Like... Yeah, um, like, did you know what was happening? Because I, yeah, I was tuned in because I had a uh, special and E. Like when I was in prison, you know, they were sending me a lot of music and stuff, and they yeah. was keeping me motivated and going. 
you know, they were sending me all kind of stuff. They were sending me money, music, whatever. Uh, you know, I was the fucking man in prison. <laughs> yeah, they were sending me all kind of shit. You I, deserved it, man. Yeah, I wasn't even, to be honest with you, half of the time, I never, put it like this, I never felt like I was locked up. And I, I'm just being honest with you. Like, my mind, I mean, my physical was there, but my mind never was in prison. Like, I, I never was there. That's why when I told you earlier, when they put me on the news with my, with my reversal, guys that I was working out with and different stuff like that, some of these guys didn't know my business. So when they seen that, they came with like, bruh, how the fuck you walking around here? Like, you smiling and... Doing all of this shit, and you were sitting here with all this fucking time, bro. You had a life bid. You were sitting around. I said, I got to correct y'all. I did not have a life bid. This is what they said I had. I never claimed this. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't claim this. So that led to one thing, and then, you know, that was it. But it was like a surprising thing for the guys that I was around. Yeah. You know, they didn't, it was like a shock, like, oh shit. Hey, these guys was calling me to the yard like, yo, man, what the fuck? I ain't know. Yo, they got you all over. You, we we thought you was just regular around. We didn't know you had all of this fucking time. Because it's a mentality. Yeah, it's a mentality. And I think. Everything's a mentality. Everything. The mental. Is, That's when you realize something. that shit. It's yes. Like- yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The mental is, is, is a real powerful tool. Just like that tongue is a, is a real powerful <laughs> yeah. sword. Got to be careful what comes out of your mouth. Yeah. You well, know? I feel like in your music, I love listening to it. But Thank it's you. also like it's knowledge that you're talking. That's yeah. why I like. Chapter like uh, that the shit yeah. you did, Flossy Street Bible, all the three of them like yeah. that's like uh, you mm-hmm. call it the Bible because it's true. Like you're, you're speaking, there's a reason that you're talking. Because my my version of it was, you know, like I said, I'm a God fearing man, but I felt like I wanted to give my version of the Bible, and my version of the Bible is from the streets. You know, I didn't go up on the pyramid and and pray for stuff to start coming on the wall and and give me something to go and give to the people. No, my stuff was real reality in in the streets. Everything that took place was the streets. But just like I said, I wasn't the typical dumb street dude. I always had a, a, a mind. I always, always was able to think outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you think people, do you think people can change? Like, do you think people can learn that? Yeah, people. Uh, yeah, people definitely could change. But it, that goes back to the mental. If if you're gonna stay stuck in a box, you know, you're never gonna be able to reach your heights. Yeah. You know, it's, it's things that you have to do to to get to position yourself. You have to execute. You got to execute. And that's why I said we don't believe around here, exotic groups, you know, don't get shot gang, trust gang. We don't believe in the word can't. That's just not in our vocabulary. Like, yeah. we can do whatever we want to do. You find a way and you do We're it. We're going to find a way. And if you are a person that come around and say, well, I don't think that's going to be able to work. We're going to get you away from us immediately because <laughs> you got the wrong mindset. Yeah. The only way is to be at the top. That's it. And that's... And I know I've talked about this on the podcast, and I'll I'll wrap this up with it, but it is the, like, Ram Dass writing about the, like, if you realize everyone can be God, then you're God. Like, when you realize anyone can do 
anything, then you Absolutely. can do anything. And that's why in the Bible, uh, you know, they, they says you are the image of God. So if you are the image of God, that lets you know that you can move mountains and you can do anything that any other man could do. It's just that simple. If you apply yourself, you have to open up your mental to yeah. be able to move forward with that. And yeah. we were talking about the job. You have to make yourself the professional. There yes. was a time where I thought no one could be a comedian. No one could have a podcast. But then everyone who has one, everyone who's a rapper right. is a fucking rapper. There's a way to do it. It's just you have to be like, no, I am that today. Yes. And from now forward, this is my job. Absolutely. Because the second you tell yourself that's your job, you're going to do everything in your power to make that your job. Absolutely. Everything. You're going you're gonna to go to great heights to accomplish what you said that you set out to do. You know, and that's just how the way it works. Because if you're going to be a person that sit around, nothing coming to a sleeper but a dream. You know, you get all the tools. Like, people can sit and pray, pray to God. Hey, God, God, I need your help. And then when he give you the tools, yeah. you don't do nothing with it. All the tools is right there. He gives you passion and dedication. If you can use those, if you can apply those, then that's all you need. In that's life. all you need is everything is in the good book for you. Man, thank you so much for doing thank this. Thank you, brother. It was an brother. honor to sit down thank with you. Thank you, man. My guy. You know, always love. Whenever, man, I'm around. Always. Exotic Roots. Shout out, Mark. Shout out, yeah. Jay. Shout out, Crook. Shout out, you. Yeah, I already know, man. Thank you, man. Do you want to plug you, your bro. stuff where people can find you? Oh, yeah. You can find me on Black G's. You can find me Instagram, Black G's. Um, Facebook, uh, Raji. Um don't get shot. Don't yep. Don't get shot. Clothing. Dope don't don't get shot. Clothing. Trust gang. Clothing. Um, exotic root clothing. You can hit me up for all of this stuff. We always out and we outside. You know. Look forward to this new music because it's coming on the top of the year. I'm gonna start releasing different singles, warming it up for the albums. And we'll see you in Syracuse. Oh, absolutely. We'll see, I'll be there too. I'll, yeah, I'll see, see you me all in Syracuse. Syracuse. Absolutely. I'll be on the stage. Make sure y'all pull up. And um, we're going to get a, a hell of a performance. And this is where you I'm. You better do real, bitch. Oh, yeah. This is where I'm at. <laughs> I love my it. favorite track, bro. Hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. All Peace right. Out, now. Everyone. Peace. <laughs>